BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Spurscast, episode 574. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here at Spurscast. Due to COVID-19 and the NBA season in suspension, we're going to hold another free-flowing Spurscast episode where I'll be joined by my colleagues Michael DeLeon, Benjamin Bornstein, and Colin Reed. For those listeners that follow me on Twitter, I asked you all to send me some Spurs questions you wanted us to answer. I got so many questions and responses that I've actually had to split this up into multiple episodes. So for this episode, we're going to tackle a few of your questions, and then we will save the rest uh, for the next episode. So um, welcome, guys. Uh, Obviously, you know, the circumstances that we're in, we talked about this last week with um, with John, uh, Joe, and and Stephen. So just kind of want to check in on how how everybody's doing and how how, how y'all are feeling, if you're taking care of yourself, your family. Uh, Ben, let's start off with you because you're actually out of Texas. You're you're out in Florida, you said. Yeah, I went down to Florida hanging with my parents and my sister now. So we're all chilling out in this Florida heat. So yay us. Yay old people living in Florida. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm here, like in in Lurie. I, I work from home, and, and I always have fun for the past five years or so. So I'm kind of used to it, but I'm just starting to get a little bit of cabin fever. So I have to like go outside for walks every once in a while. But I'm staying away from anything besides like where my house is at. So doing good. Everybody in my family is doing great. That's good to hear. And Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing well as well. You know, everyone I know seems to be healthy, and and I haven't gotten to. Uh stir crazy at home or anything yet but i guess we're only in week three so we'll see how i feel in week seven or eight yeah yeah that's something (laughs) is definitely finding hobbies and things we're gonna talk about that later so okay so spurs cast listeners we're gonna go ahead and dive right into this episode with a lot of your questions that you sent to us um i've already let the the the, the, um the um you know the panelists here know ahead of time what the questions were so one of our first ones we got was uh who are free agents the spurs should target this off season um, so that was one of our first questions. So, so before we get to this question, I think the first thing we need to do is we need to break down what this roster might look like next season before we can answer this question. So what I've done is I've written down the positions that, that are probably going to be back next year. And from what I see, I think it's going to be 12 players back just, uh, just based on, on where the roster stands. So at the one, you, you have DeJounte Murray as your starter. You have Patty Mills as his backup at the two. It's very open where, where you could put Derek White there starting, or you could put Lonnie Walker, the fourth, or even Keldon Johnson at the three. 
it, it really depends on DeMar DeRozan whether or not he opts into his his, his contract or he tries to, to to get to get out of San Antonio via sign and trade. And then, of course, you have maybe Keldon Johnson there. So the three looks like there is an opening there because, again, if DeRozan leaves or if um, the Spurs aren't ready to put Johnson as their starting three, plus he's, you know, he's not, I think he's like 6'6". Six, six, he's not quite like 6'7 or 6'8". Then at the four, they're pretty stacked. They have Trey Lyles most likely going to be back. They have Rudy Gay, and then they have Lucas Simonich who will be entering year two. At the five, it could be a, a, a spot where there's a lot of um, open a vacancy because they do have LaMarcus Aldridge back next year. Jakob Pertl is a restricted free agent. Oh. I do feel that they are going to bring him back. And then Chemezi Metu, like we talked about last week, it looks like he there's a good chance he could end up being gone uh, from the roster. So, guys, if I had to pick some positions that they're going to be open, I'd say the third string, um, like third string, should I say, uh, uh, point guard spot, I'd say maybe a starter or backup level three, a small forward, maybe a backup five in the event Jakob uh, leaves, a starting two guard, though there's not a lot out there at the price that the Spurs can afford. And then maybe a starting four, you know, if, there, if there's a player out there who's better than Trey Lyles, Rudy Gay, or Lucas Simonich. Now, what do the Spurs have? They have the 11th pick most likely right now. Obviously, we don't know if the lottery hasn't happened. If the season ends right now as it is, they will probably have the 11th pick in the draft. They also have, uh, most likely, whether DeRozan leaves or not, they're going to have access to the non-tax mid-level exception, which is right now worth $9.8 million. That could decrease depending on what happens with the whole financial situation of the NBA. And then lastly, they have the veteran minimum available. So, um, did, did, uh, Colin, I'll go ahead and start with you. Did you have any names that you, that you maybe um, picked off that you were looking at for the Spurs that, that could possibly they could probably possibly target this offseason? So I don't have any names, but I do have like the player archetype that I think would be good for the Spurs to go after. And that would be, um, I think it's a term that John Hollinger kind of invented, which is second draft, where you have uh, Mm -hmm. NBA teams, especially if the Spurs look like they're going to pivot into a rebuild and it looks like it's going to be a while before they're back into contention. Then I think really they just need to start uh, piling up contracts and players that are kind of like... Um, they were drafted, they showed potential maybe in college, but nothing, it didn't work out with their first team. So maybe in a new place, they can perform better. They're not going to have high expectations. You can split up the MLE into multiple different signings. And so, especially at the wing position, those types of players, but I I think that's really what they need to be going for is just trying to, to sign as many young players who maybe have potential, but are going to be on available on. Uh, less expensive contracts just to see who hits. Okay. Uh, ben, did you, did you have any targets or, or archetypes like just Colin just said there? I mean, I don't, I have a couple of targets, but they're all going to be way too expensive. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, we're talking, I mean, you're the guys available are well, most of them have a player option that they're probably going to opt into. Some of them yeah. have, some of them are unrestricted outright. Like a Danilo Gallinari is unrestricted, but he's going to be too expensive. Yeah. But that is mm-hmm. that is kind of the guy you'd really love to have. Like that is what we want. A Joe Harris is unrestricted, but again, probably going to be too expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montrez Harrell will be unrestricted. Great little power forward, but he's he's earned himself a nice paycheck. Whoever ends up signing him next, so you know it's it's hard. This. This isn't the free agency class you're trying to make moves. You're trying to make moves in the 2021 free agency class, and I think you and I have discussed that a few times now. And really it's going to come down to the Spurs need to either draft incredibly well this year or they need to, they need to almost punt on it and say, we're going, to, we're going to give up our 11th pick, we're going to move down, take two lower picks, or take, you know, take a decent 
you know, take a shot at someone else's pick that's like unprotected, or maybe it's only lottery protected for the next mm-hmm. year for next year's draft and give yourself a shot at a better player and a better draft. Um, but I do think the Spurs will have options at the 11th pick this year. So it's really, it really comes down to what they believe is going to be their best option. Should they just go chase a couple guys in free agency just to kind of shore up some spots? Should they give those spots to a Lucas Stamanich? You know, do they, do they bring Kelvin Johnson up full time? Do they bring Chemezi Metu up full time? I think, honestly, I think those might be their better options rather than trying to go out and just spend money for the sake of spending money and get a free agent. Okay. Uh, Mike, who were some of your targets? I think two names I thought of that that are on very cheap contracts but are probably going to get paid this offseason. One, like James Scenario, would be like Christian Wood, but he's going to get paid. He's probably going to end up returning there or going to go sign, sign with the big market team. Uh, Dwight Howard... It, what could add some depth, but again, he I think he's earned himself a nice contract with the Lakers uh, this this season. Uh, if they want to sign somebody like you know Marco, I think Kyle Korver will be there. Uh, there's a few year, years ago, a guy's going to be a free agent. A few years ago, I think would have been good with Stanley Johnson. I'm not sure where he's at now. And then yeah, uh, he's going to be um, he's in Milwaukee, I think, or Toronto. Sorry, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I've been doing some roster analysis for. Um, lineup simply just a few here and there just to try to keep busy and one guy I think that they probably will part with but I don't know if he'd fit in because he's kind of like a brain guy where he's he can shoot but he's an undersized two and that's each one more um, so you know that's really that those were really all the things that I, I could I think really honestly the best off season moves for them are going to be bringing guys up from two league like Keldon like Luca. Yeah. And and for me, I kind of had from from all y'all, I kind of have like two groups. I have the competitive route, like if they're still trying to chase the playoffs and get in there next season. I have guys like maybe Jay Crowder. You can make him your starter or or backup three. Um, and then as a backup five, in case Jakob leaves Jakob Perto, maybe give um, the MLA to Tristan Thompson, uh, Mason Plumlee, one of those kind of players, Aaron Baines, a Marcus Gasol, a Serge Ibaka. So, again, if you're trying to stay competitive, maybe those players. Uh, ben, I mentioned this name too, like you, uh, Montres Harrell. Um, you know, again, I think he's going to be more than the than the nine million dollars the Spurs can offer. Um, you know, I think he's just out of there. Same thing for for Joe Harris as well. Now, if the, if they want to go with the um with the um the route that, that Colin said, like a second draft, I did have some young players too there that I think they should just do that with, which is a player like Chris Dunn. Um, you know, give him some minutes at the point guard, see what he has from Chicago. Um, maybe uh, Dario Saric, he's going to be a restricted free agent. You know, again, I think they could probably get him for the MLE. And maybe somebody like Kent Bazemore, who's never really worked out. He's moved around a lot. Just see what – and I know they had interest in him years ago when he was back with the Warriors. I remember asking him that in the locker room. So there's like – like honestly, out of all the names we look at, and because the Spurs don't have, they're not going to have like a you know max level free con- free agent contract to offer whether DeRozan leaves or stays. I think the best job, the best fit is just to give their young guys the minutes, give Kelton minutes, give Lonnie, give Lucas Simonich, you know that kind of thing, and whoever the you know the eleventh pick is or whatever lottery pick that they get this year. I, I think that's the best job. And honestly, like I just don't see this team one making the playoffs just based on the personnel they have right now, and then two. There's no moves in free agency that I see that that bumped them up a step. So, so thanks guys for answering that question. Let's move on to our second question from from Spurs from Spurs Twitter. Uh, it says, uh, "What's a realistic trade target for Demar Derozan if they decide to sign and trade him?" Okay, so we kind of explored this a little bit last week. And here's the thing, though, you got to remember is that one for this to happen, uh, Derozan's basically walking away from twenty seven million dollars that he could have this coming season in San Antonio uh, if he declines that player option and wants to get do a sign and trade. And two, um, 
Uh, what's the second point? Oh, any any sign and trade offer has to be a three year deal. We got to remember the CBA language that it needs to be three years at minimum. So so we're not talking about a one year. He just goes to like you know playoff team or two years. It has to be three years or more. So here's two questions that I have before we can even look in this question is what is his market value? I just don't know that. You know, it, again, he's walking away from twenty seven point seven million. I don't see him getting that again. You know, at, at this stage of his career, when he's getting older. He's playing the type of basketball that's not really wanted in the NBA as much anymore with with no three-point shooting. He's a really good, you know, ball distributor, but again, he takes a lot from your offense because he has to have the ball. He's a really good playmaker. But then defensively, we know that he has his lapses. So um, I'm gonna first ask this question to each of you. What do you think his value is? You can give me a number or you can give me kind of kind of a range. I'll give you mine first. And if you like mine, you can just agree with it. I think 18 to 24 million. Um, let's start off with Mike this time. Mike, what do you think DeRozan's value is this year in a, in a one year in terms of one year? salary yeah no i actually agree with you i was going to say about 20 to 22 but i think going to the wire 18 24 is probably a little better i really feel like honestly taking that option is going to be his best choice ben what do you think his value is this, this offseason too much well, whoever whoever pays him okay too much it doesn't matter what that number is if you ask me he just you can i mean he the problem is people are going to say, oh, he's a good veteran. He, you know, he goes out and gets buckets. He's a good distributor, all that jazz. But in the end, again, he doesn't shoot threes. He doesn't shoot them at a clip befitting of someone who wants to get paid. So I think some team is going to be dumb and they are going to give him too much money. I have, Unless I you have give him like 10 million, in which case... Oh, okay. That's not surprising. Well, but like you said, he can still opt in. How much? How much was he? Was the last year opt in? Twenty-seven point seven million. That's more than he's going to make. He he may not enjoy playing for the Spurs, but that's more money than he's going to make if he opts out and he tries to get signed by another team. I agree with you, uh, Colin. What would what would your um, uh, value be in terms of projection for him? Well, so we talked about this before we started recording. How? Um, Bobby Marks and some others have said that maybe the cap can stay at the level that it was projected to be at next season already. But I do think with how much has happened and how weird this whole situation is, we don't know where the cap is going to be. And let's say that the cap doesn't stay where it's at. And now instead of being the $115 million that it's projected to be at, it's $100 million, right? So, and obviously we're talking about if the cap is what it was projected to be at. I do think that that 18 to $24 million, that low $20 million makes a lot of sense. But if the cap, drops drastically all of a sudden the market for DeRozan just goes away like even even that price range is just not there so I think there's so many question marks for him and for so many of the other free agents in this class um just like Mike said opting in really is the best option for him yeah and that's why that's why at this point now I really with everything going on I really just think he's going to opt in you know even if he, even if like Ben said even if he doesn't like playing here you know I don't think he's going to walk in 27 million but let's let's still try to answer the question so let's keep going with this even though I think we all think that he's going to stay um uh, you know, I think the second question has to be, what team does he fit with? You know, so that's the, that's another problem is that he's not your typical, you know, star because, like Ben said, he doesn't shoot threes. He plays a very um, different style of basketball where he's mo- he's more so of like a point guard, like in your half court offense, where he has to have the, the majority of your possessions and he can do things with that. You know, he can create for your offense, but then again, there's all those other factors where he doesn't shoot threes, where he doesn't play defense, blah blah blah. We we know them all. So I, I I've I've kind of I haven't even looked into the cap configurations of this because again we don't know what like colin just said we don't know how the cap's going to actually turn out so i'm not i'm just i'm just assuming these these are these are some teams that might you know look at him as an option um 
first two teams that have cap space, they don't need, they don't even have to do a sign and trade. I, I would say that's the New York Knicks because uh, again, they're one of the, the bottom 10 offenses. They need help. They don't have any playmakers. And then the Detroit Pistons are also going to be a team with cap space projected to be oh, a team with cap space. And those are, those are two teams that are in the bottom 10 on offense. They don't have a playmaker. You know, you can't just think of any one guy in your head who can just, who's like a really as good as DeRozan as a playmaker on either of those teams. Now teams that might need to do a sign and trade for, to get him. And these were again, bad offenses, the Chicago bulls, um, maybe something, a, a package center on auto Porter jr. Uh, the, the Hornets. But again, I don't know if, if, you know, I think that they would probably want to send Ter- Terry Rozier or like, or um, uh, somebody like that. But I, I doubt the Spurs want to do that. And then maybe, and then of course the team we've heard the most of noise with DeRozan, it's the Orlando magic. I think it just fits perfectly because again, they need a playmaker at the wing or guard spot and DeRozan can fulfill that. And then they have, you know, veterans who really haven't panned out like Aaron Gordon, um, you know, and then maybe even a guy like Evan Fournier, he's going to be a, an, an unrestricted free agent. They could basically do like a swap where, where they sign him and then send him over Orlando and the Spurs sign uh, DeRozan. I mean, you know, and send him over. Uh, uh, let's start with um, uh, Ben for this one. Did you have any teams on your list uh, that that could work with the sign and trade for DeRozan? This, the Magic were def- was definitely the team I was thinking of. That we we heard a ton of rumors with them before the trade deadline. Nothing ever happened. Um, now that the season is somewhat over, we don't really know for sure. But if the season does end, I think they're going to have some more conversations about it because the other thing we heard was that the Spurs and Demar Derozan were far apart on the extension talks. So yes, uh, you get sure. the feeling the, the Spurs do not care to bring Rose DeRozan back. And um, you know what? That's probably for the better because, again, he is playing He is playing a type of game that does not fit in today's NBA. And unless he changes that next year, there's no reason to bring him to extend him and bring him back past his age 30 season. And especially when he already doesn't do much on defense for you. And he's kind of, when you think about it, he's kind of limiting what you're able to do on offense because you, you're limited in what lineups you can play with him out on the floor and you're limited in how creative you can get with the other guards that you would like to have in your lineup and getting more minutes. Mike, uh, did you have any um, tar- target teams for DeRozan if there's a sign trade? I was thinking Detroit and Orlando as well. I know a lot of like Spurs fans or like Spurs Twitter will say have this dream about being this straight up jail with Aaron Gordon, but I don't think Orlando does even consider that. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Mm-hmm. He's still very young, and he's still. I mean, he's still got you know some room to grow. So I don't think they're going to want to give up on that. Uh, and then Mo Bamba is sold out there, but I think he's still really raw, and so that would be hard. I think for the Spurs to get on that. Um, Detroit, I don't, I don't know what they had that they could get any kind of equal value out of right now. Yeah, and I, and I think Detroit's going to be a cap space team, so they don't even have to do a sign and trade. Gotcha. So the only other team I thought of uh, was Sacramento, just because GM wise, they don't seem to make a lot, do things that make a lot of sense. I know they they benched uh, Buddy Hield like halfway uh, through the season, and he was so really upset about that. And so I was like. <laughs> Maybe they'll take on the wards and Buddy Hill back. I don't know. Just, uh, just crazy. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, and, for, and just as a selfish part, I, I would want to have you know if they could do something to get Bogdanovich here for him, that would be amazing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, either one. Uh, Colin, did you have any DeRozan teams? Yeah. So again, I kind of go with the what does a good trade partner look like, and you're looking at a 
See, the thing that makes it hard to say which teams are good is it really all depends on how these teams evaluate themselves because they have to be a team that's like right there in the playoff mix, a team that really feels like they need to make it into the playoff and a team that like they really need a ball handler and uh, someone who can get to his shots and create his own shot. And so and a team that, you know, might not have championship aspirations, but we need to get to the playoffs. So the Orlando Magic could fit in there. But do they think, OK, we're not as close as we thought we were. We need to take a step back. The Bulls could fit in there because they were supposed to have playoff aspirations this season and they didn't uh, really do what they were <laughs> hoping to do. The Kings could fit in there because they got close and then they kind of fell out and now they're kind of close again. So it's that kind of team. But it really matters. How do these teams view themselves and what are their goals? Because if their goal, like none of the contending teams are going to do it and none of the rebuilding teams are going to do it. So you have to find a team in the middle and that's a really small group of teams. For sure. And that's, uh, that's why, again, I think I've narrowed it. I've narrowed it to like five or six. Um, uh, let, let's move on to our, our next question. Um, this is probably going to be mostly all Ben right here for these, these next two questions. So the next question is okay. about the draft. It is, uh, it says, uh, they say, uh, what position should the Spurs be looking for in the draft and who could they realistically draft in the 10th to through 12th range uh, this year? And so my only input on this, Ben, I'll say is I think that, you know, I, I told you this about a few weeks ago when you and I were doing a draft podcast recently. I think that they need a, a high upside three somewhere around six, seven to six, nine. You, you obviously gave me a bunch of targets at that at the time. But Ben, you take this question uh, first and then I'll ask uh, Colin and Mike if they want to give their input. Go ahead. Absolutely. And just like we said a few weeks ago, I'm going to stick with that answer. We want, if you're the Spurs, you want a guy who is a forward, who has upside, who has skills that that don't need too much development, who can contribute now either offensively or defensively. And I think a guy who kind of falls into that mix is Devin Vassell from Florida State. Another guy is Sadiq Bay from Villanova. Um, those two guys I really like at that 11-ish spot. Maybe in Isaac Okoro. He's kind of a freak athlete in that he's he's a freshman. He's really young. He's 6'6", 225. He's very solidly built. He's a great athlete, and he's a great defender. But he has he has to be brought up on the offensive end a lot, whereas Devin Vassell is, is you know if you if you have the scales tipped one way or the other where Isaac Okoro is you know all defense and no offense Devin Vassell somewhere more in the middle sides as is Sadiq Bay who who I'd argue his offense is probably a little better than his defense right now um, but those are two guys that I would really keep an eye on and obviously if Obi Toppin falls to eleven somehow you have to draft him. You, that's just, that's my, that's kind of my dream pick right now for the Spurs if he falls there. Cause that dude is just so good. And I think he would be a great fit. Oh, OB Toppin, you said? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike, did you have any input on this question or want to yeah. say anything? Yeah, I think Toppin would be the dream guy, but I really think he's going to be taking probably top three, maybe top five. Uh, so the one I've been thinking of most is, uh, of his, uh, Okoro, uh, just because he's a crazy athlete, like I said, he's a defender, really good defender, uh, which is something they need. And so, but yeah, I mean, like Ben said, and even just looking at the, the the profiles and stuff like that, he does need some help on offense. But I don't know if they can put them out there with, with lineups with the other shooters. Maybe that might help out. Um, Colin, I know you don't watch college basketball as much. You know, you and I both definitely don't watch any college basketball. But did you have a player? And if not, my other question to you would be: What position do you think they should target in the draft? 
So it's interesting because normally the draft happens after the season and right before free agency. So you probably have a better pulse on what is going to happen with your own free agents. Um, Obviously, I think wing is a position they really need to fill right now, as we talked about. But I wonder how they feel if they know LaMarcus Aldridge probably isn't going to be on the team much longer. And who knows what's going to happen with Jakob Pertl. If this was a normal season, they would probably know at the draft if he was going to stay or leave. And they aren't. They might not know at the draft. Who knows when the draft is going to be? Is it going to be when it normally is? Is it going to be after the abbreviated season if there is one? Who knows? So I think wing is probably the number one position, but you know they might have a time in the very near future where their bigs is also very shallow as well. Obviously, they have guard covered with their young core unless they make a trade. And wing is the most important position in the NBA right now. But just kind of with the weirdness of maybe where the draft is going to be positioned – um, you know, you don't know what your big depth is going to look like in a year or two. Okay. So Ben, this next question is for you again. And then Mike, Mike, since you have more draft knowledge too, you can give, you can give your answer after him. Uh, so here it is. It's a, uh, would you consider the best fits for the Spurs in this year's lottery is the first part. And then the second part is if we keep the pick, I'm hoping for a Coro, Okongu, Denny, Vassal or Wiseman, wouldn't draft a guard unless it's Anthony Edwards. So Ben, go ahead first and then Mike. Yeah, I'd say the best fit is the, the, here's the problem. Cause the best fit and my favorite fit are two very different things. Um, I think the best fit and a, a realistic fit is a Devin Vassell or possibly an Isaac Okoru. Um, my favorite fit would be, and Onyeka Okongwu because I just love that. I love how that kid just gets out and gets after it defensively. He's very raw offensively, but he's six nine. He's got wingspan for days. He runs like a gazelle, and he's kind of a freak. He's six nine, two forty five. So he's got he's not he's not a stick by any means. So you know he could he could get in there and bang a little bit. But again, he doesn't really have a lot of offense right now. But his free throw shooting numbers suggests that he could eventually step out and start shooting it. And then what about this Anthony Edwards guy? What do you, what do you, what do you, what's I mean, your opinion on that, that part of the he's, question? He's not, he's not dropping past two okay. or three. So there's, I, I'm not even, just, I'm not even talking about him. I don't, I have not yeah, even, watched, okay. I've watched maybe five minutes of him all year knowing he's going top three. Uh, Mike, do you want to give your input on any, any of these guys that, that are listening to this question? Honestly, most of my knowledge on all these guys is basically what Ben writes. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> good, <laughs> fantastic. I, I that's my too. draft research when it gets closer to, um, but yeah. usually when I get close to the end of the year, and I have to prepare the the draft guide for lineups. Um, and so, yeah, I would take a point guard for sure. Ben, I'm just wondering, what do you think about this guy that Spurs Twitter is all in love with? This Denny. Uh, Kid. Denny Abdija from uh, from Israel. Yeah, he's he's good. I think the problem is he's he hasn't been very consistent in the minutes he's had, and he's playing in Israel. And granted, there are plenty of good players who have come from Israel who have played, but that league isn't the same as even a Russian league, and certainly not the Euro League that Luka Doncic played in before he got to the NBA. So it's it's hard to gauge how good or how how good he is or isn't. Um, I think he has shown flashes of what he could be and really what people want him to be for you know wh- wh- whoever their team is. But 
I also happen to think he's another guy who will stay in like the top seven or eight. So I'm not entirely sure he would fall to the Spurs anyway. Um, all right. So our last question is asking to revolve around the Spurs part, at least for portion. And then we'll go to some more fun stuff off topic. Cause we'll do more Spurs stuff next week as well. Cause obviously we're in this for a long time in this type of situation. Uh, here we go. The last question for, for Spurs part today, it's going to be, who do you think will be the Spurs next head coach? And so, uh, so I obviously, you know, y'all have seen this, so you, you should ha- you should have some mi- some names in mind, and then I'm going to kind of keep a tally here on who we all kind of the consensus, I guess, at the end here of, of who who's like the most mentioned person. So let's begin with Colin. Who do you think would be is going to be the next Spurs head coach whenever Coach Pop retires, whether it's whether it's after this season or after next season or, or whenever in the future? So I think that there is a lot of um, logic behind Becky Hammond being the next Spurs head coach, and I think that's who a lot of people might think that it would be, just kind of based on the progression of of her. Uh, coaching career with the Spurs. Um, But I have, and it's like between baseless speculation and reasonable thought. um, I have, I have a sense that Tim Duncan is a lot closer to that than people think he is. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to go into why I think that because, like I said, it's halfway between baseless speculation and a reason behind it, and and my reason could be really dumb. But but I do think that he's a lot closer to that than than a lot of people may realize. Do you have a third candidate, Colin, or no? Just those two? Oh man, I mean, I I think that if you, know, you don't, probably, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I I think that they probably want to come from inside the organization. Um, yeah, sure. and and those are kind of the the two names that that uh that I would think are the best from inside the organization. If they look outside, it's going to be just a completely random name that we're not expecting in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ben, who are, who are some, some candidates that you think would replace coach pop whenever he retires? Well, I like Colin said, it's definitely going to be someone from inside. I just don't see the Spurs going outside and finding someone else. I mean, that's just as, as long as I can remember, they've always found someone from inside. Granted, the majority of my memory has been Greg Popovich, but I mean, Greg Popovich yeah. came from the Larry Brown tree, so they fairly they kept it in the family um, when they made that transition. But um, I, I I would say Becky Hammond is is my number one, my go to. I would, and frankly, I think one the NBA needs it, and two, I mean, she's I like what you know. What else does she have to prove? Just and I'm not saying just give it to her for the sake of giving it to her, but give her the dang job. I mean, what what else does she have to do to earn it at this point? Okay. Um, did you have a third candidate or I mean, a second or third candidate besides her? Pashaw. No. Becky Hammond or Plus. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mike, who are your candidates? I, I'm, I'm with Becky as my first candidate as well. Like Tim Duncan, obviously, I think before this season or when he just got hired, I don't think a lot of people thought, thought that he seemed to be getting a little, a little more credit now just because he's um, – been the coach in a few games, but I don't know if he wants to become a head coach. Like assistant, there's a little less responsibility there, and I'm, I'm thinking he might prefer that. So I'd say Becky. And the only other two options, I, everybody else on the staff is really young. Uh, so the only other two options I could think of were outside of the organization, and that's it seems like Brett Brown might be on the hot seat. Uh, you know, there's been okay. some talk about, uh, you know, people not being happy with the situation there. So, I mean, if, if he became available, that seems like that would be an option. And the other one, maybe they try to get uh, Monty Williams back in San Antonio. But that's all mm-hmm. I can really think of. Okay. 
Um, so y'all, I, I obviously, I think we all think that Becky's probably the, the, the favorite right now to get that because that's, that was my pick as well. She was number one on my list that I think that of the candidates who would take over for pop when he retires. Uh, second, I had, um, just cause like, like y'all said, I think they keep within the organization. I actually had Will Hardy. Now I know he's a little young, but again, he's been there for a number of years. He's been in the, in the, um, in their system. He's, he's done the Las Vegas circuit too. He's, you know, he's been part of the, these, these last few years with pop. So I have him. I have him, and then I have. I kind of cheated here. I have what Mike has, which is the a form, the former assistant route. So like, if somebody loses their job, or there's even a former assistant right now on, on somebody else's bench, I could see them bringing back someone, someone who's been under Pop, who, who's coached with him as well, is what is what I see. Um, I apologize for that. So uh, yeah, so that that's kind of it. And then I think I had Timmy last because again, I just I I just don't. Sh- I I kind of feel like Mike. I just feel like if Pop's not there with him, I just don't see. It. I don't know if. I haven't seen it yet that he wants to do this like as a full time thing. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe hey, it's opened up his eyes a little bit differently, and it's it's shown him like a, a new a new fire inside of him that wants to do coaching. We don't know that obviously, but from what I've seen and just because you know just the way he is, I, I just don't I just don't see him doing it as a long time um, kind of opportunity. But you know those are our answers, and obviously we'll see what happens whenever Pop um, uh, does retire. All right, so now Spurscast, this is we're gonna go a little bit um, off topic here on, on the last um, few questions here. We just got some. So some some random ones from our staff just to kind of you know line up the mood a little bit and uh, just because also we don't know you know when basketball is gonna, when it's going to return uh, this one this first one comes from one of our staff members um, they asked uh, crunchy or smooth peanut butter uh, and then the second part of it is what's the best flavor of jelly on a PB and J all right so I'll give my input first real quick uh, I, I go with smooth peanut butter every time I, I like crunchy every now and then but it's just got to be smooth for me and then strawberry jam strawberry jelly is just the best PB and J strawberry and jam uh, Ben go ahead and take your your response. I'm a crunchy peanut butter guy. I don't. I don't even mess with jelly. So I don't have a favorite <laughs> flavor of jelly. I don't even oh. mess with jelly. I am straight up peanut butter all day, every day. Okay, Mike. Uh, I, I've gotten in this debate with my sister one time because I even told her one time I said, "Why does like the creamy peanut butter even exist? Crunchy is like where it's at." I'm a crunchy uh, peanut butter guy as well, and grapes my choice for. For peanut butter, it's great, but like if it's just like toast or biscuit or something, then I go to strawberry. So yeah, that's just way. Okay, and Colin, uh, this it just sounds like such an intelligent question. Um, so I'm excited <laughs> to answer it. Um, I it, I'm gonna go with smooth peanut butter, and uh, I like a nice peach fruit spread on there. Peach, peach, wow. and mango. Those are those oh, wow. are my flavors. There you go. Okay, man. <laughs> so we have one person who does peach and fruit mango stuff, and then the other guy who doesn't even put it in jelly. So it's all good. All right. So let's go to our next question from one of our staff members. Um, it is. Um, uh, I'll just admit it, it was my question. Have you picked up any new hobbies or projects while sheltering in place? So, um, so yeah. So obviously we've all been, you know, it, mostly everybody where they live, we've been in these shelter in place. Um, uh, I, I'll let's go, Mike, first on this one. Do you, do you, have you picked up a new hobby, something that, that, that you didn't normally used to do while you've been like stuck at home more often now? There's two things that I've been doing uh, a little more of lately, or a lot more lately than I had before. Uh, all knows how it looks like to be a, a sister. I mean, a, t- a teacher and uh, and having to do everything from home. My sister's in that same predicament where she's a teacher, but she's also a mom, so she's supposed to like. Uh, teach and homeschool at the same time so i ended up taking kind of the homeschool burden off of her so i've been homeschooling my nephew uh, a lot and then we started building like a tree house for him recently so I, I'm, i've never been one of these guys really into building anything but it was kind of a family thing so we all decided to start doing it and so i've gotten into that a little bit so those are two things that i probably would not be doing if in any other situation but i am now okay um 
Uh, ben, go ahead and take your response to that question. I am playing a lot of Animal Crossing New Horizons. It is a fantastic game. I highly recommend it to everybody. If uh, if you have not already started playing it, please do so. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, DM me or whatever. We'll be friends. We'll visit each other's islands. We'll have a great time. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Joe Garcia last week mentioned that. So that's two Project Spurs members yeah. that are now at Animal yeah. Crossing. So, man, we might have to get the whole staff at Animal Crossing. That'd be awesome. Um, anything else, Ben? Animal Crossing? I'm doing a lot of yard work for my dad, too. It has been something else. I've dug a 50-foot 50, 50 trench for a for a tube to drain some gutters and doing all the uh, – cut out some shrubs. It's, it's whatever he asked me to do. It's not like I have a good reason not to, right? Um, Colin, what, what have, you, have you picked up any new hobbies since you've been sheltering in place? Uh, nothing. Well, I guess Animal Crossing New Horizons is a new hobby in the sense that I didn't have it before. Um, yes. but I, I've, I've been playing that a good deal. Um, I've been playing uh, Overwatch is not a new hobby for me, but I'm playing a lot of it yeah. now. Um, yeah, yeah. and I, I've finally been able to read some, which is nice. Like I, there's been so many books I've wanted to read for a long time and I'm finally reading like two or three pages a day, which at least validates me being a quote unquote reading person. So, so that's where I'm at. Okay. Oh, you started reading so, a bit more too, right? Yeah, that was my that was one of my yeah, I've already knocked out I, I I mean I had started these books in the past, but like ever since like now that we're obviously we're stuck, I actually and I was telling the guys last week that my, my eyes hurt from looking at screens all day. Uh, I've been reading so I've actually finished two books that I had started and then oh. I am almost done with my third one. I think I have like less than fifty pages left. So yeah. Uh my my thing is uh you guys probably don't know this. I think Mike knows this. I back in my before my sports life I used to be a drummer in um in different bands and stuff. Uh, back in the day when I first was in college and stuff. And so I've actually been, been, um, drumming a lot more and I've kind of gotten that back into that, just like playing at least like 20 or 30 minutes a night, kind of listening to songs and just playing along and, you know, just getting back into music a little bit is kind of where I've, where I've got, I normally when the Spurs are playing and there's basketball and I'm just so focused on that, I, I don't have time to look at, have any other hobbies. So that's one thing that I've been kind of uh, doing a lot. And so, Hey Ben, so that Colin just said that. So that's actually three project Spurs members of the animal crossing. I think that the whole staff needs to get on this. So <laughs> yeah, so if, if we all, if, if, so other Project Spurs members, if you're listening to this uh, episode, you know, make sure you hit Ben up too so we can get a little group there. Uh, all right. And then the last question that we have from our staff members is um, your favorite rewatch of a movie or TV series during the stay-at-home time. Okay. Uh, go ahead and start with that one, Mike, if you want. Really, it, it, it's not – it's really a thing I do almost every year prior to the football season, but I decided to do it earlier this year was I always mm-hmm. – almost always rewatch Friday Night Lights, the series. It's so much better than the mm-hmm. movie. And I'm a huge fan of the book. And so I've, I've gotten back into the whole rewatch of that earlier than I expected. Okay. Uh, Colin? So there's only really three things I ever watch. I, I did watch The Good Place, and I need to finish that. But most of the time I don't watch uh, TV series or movies. I watch basketball. Uh, and then My Hero Academia and Haikyuu, which are both anime. So that's all I really do uh, with my uh, media time, when it, unless it's playing games. So I've just been uh, – I've been watching the, the YouTube, like, watch live some of those games because they have some good Spurs games on there, um, including uh, 2013 Game 6, if, if anyone wants to go rewatch that for any reason. No. Um, no. <laughs> uh, but – and then, then those series as well. But other than that, that's just what I've been doing. Okay. Nice. And this is like one of my favorite questions. Cause I, I really took it, took apart this one, this question. Cause like I have a whole list here. Um, oh okay. God. So 
rewatch movies. I went back. I've been going back. So what I do is like, because obviously, you know, I don't like like watching set programming on TV. So and, and I'm still old school. So like, I, I still like to have cable. So so like when I'm when I make dinner or something and I sit down and, and like you know and I don't have anything to do, I, I just um I'll just put on like HBO, Showtime, and you know those kind of channels and just kind of flip through. And I've seen here's some movies that I've watched in the past from the '90s. Backdraft, <laughs> a fireman movie. For those who don't remember it from Chicago, uh, Stargate. <laughs> Um, and then two of my one of my favorite directors is um is Wes Anderson. So his movies are always on. So like the the, the Darjeeling Limited, where they go um overseas on on, on a on a on an adventure. And then also the Royal Tenenbaums. I've watched that a number of times. Oh. Um. So and then also here's another one. Ready? This is from Netflix. One day I was just sitting there randomly, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the '90s, the movie came came out on my 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 little thing, my my whatever you call it, that the where shows all the videos. So I watched that one. The next day I watched part two, and then they didn't have part three on there, but you know I the one where they go to, to Asia. So um, oh yeah, God. I've been watching a just random. I'm just going back in the '90s, guys, and going back showing That's my age fantastic. here and watching those old, old movies. Uh, as far as shows, I, I don't rewatch any shows right now. Um, if I do go back, it's probably going to be Dark on Netflix, which is one of my favorite shows, and also Twin Peaks. Um, but I haven't done that yet. That's on my to-do list What during this, this um, stay-at-home place. The current shows that I'm watching that I'm trying to finish, actually, are Parks and Rec. I, I've, I've started that oh, one. I haven't finished it. Phenomenal. I have not finished it. Yeah. And then, Colin, I actually started The Good Place like a year or two ago, but I never actually oh, finished yeah. it. So maybe I need to put that on my list. Uh, and then current shows I'm watching uh, that are actually going, you know, each each week you have to wait for them is uh, Westworld just started up. So that's already like two or three episodes in on oh. HBO. And then um, the, 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 the last week tonight with John Oliver, I, I like that show a lot. So a, show. a comedy show. So, uh, Ben, since, uh, you know, go ahead and take you give us the last responses here on this question. So I've been going back. So today I watched Spider-Man Homecoming. That was fun. Had a good time. Um, I just I binged the bejesus out of the league, which if you have not seen it, it is one of the funniest shows on TV. It is it's. It's probably like each episode is probably funnier than Parks and Rec, but it doesn't hit you in the feels like Parks and Rec does. It is uh-huh. it is these it is this like despicable group of people who all play fantasy football together and they're trash talking each other every week. And then these real life events, you know, these of these events happen in the show that like mirror what's going on with their fantasy football teams and stuff. It's hilarious. It is fantastic. You will also find a ton of. Um, a ton of more insults for people from this show. So if you're if you're looking to insult people creatively, this is a good show for that. It should give you some inspiration. But uh, I've been doing that. Been I actually went back and I watched the first six Star Wars movies. I'm kind of waiting on the ninth one to come on Disney Plus so I can just watch all three of those all the way right through. Um, I rewatched the Clone Wars TV series, and I. I watched the second season of Altered Carbon, fantastic show on Netflix, if you get the chance to watch that show. Um, I happen to think that Joel Kinnaman is at his best in that show. He was only on the first season, but he was fantastic. And um, oh, I feel like there's one or two more. I need to get back into Westworld. I only watched the first season, and I heard it only gets mm-hmm. better. And I like all those yeah. actors, too. Like, I love James Marsden and uh, and Tandy Newton, and Rachel Evan Wood has been great in that show. So I'd love to I'd love to watch that show, get back into that. So that's something I'm gonna have to do. And I'm actually gonna try and get into some like one punch man and um I actually haven't watched Hero Academia before, but now that Colin mentioned it, I'm I think I'm pretty sure I saw it on Netflix, so now I gotta go for it. It's a good one. Go good ahead, Colin. Colin, I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, I was just saying yeah. that's a good one. 
it's a good it's a good uh, okay. show to catch up on yeah nice. so yeah i mean there's obviously you know there's all these different things we can do right now you know that we're especially home, home activities so we should we say you know it's and, and honestly I, I live in apartments so like if i had a house i'd probably be on the yard like you guys are doing you know stuff out, outdoors too uh i just have you know a more secluded area where i have to be um all right guys thanks again for we're going to wrap up this episode here um uh, now that, that we're getting close to the end here. Uh, so before we end this episode, I want to remind you all to continue visiting projectsperts.com. Uh, uh, here, here's the latest on the site. It's really just Ben just keeping us going. Like I mentioned last week, Ben, you've been, we want to thank you, by the way, for, for continuing to pump out, um, you know, prospect watches. Cause, cause Absolutely. unfortunately like that, you're, you're you're like, you're just like the main thing that your, your topic or like the main one that doesn't stop just because of, you know, basketball stopping in general. So Ben, you had recently written about, um, a new, a new player today actually went up on Tuesday or yesterday on Tuesday, should I say, uh, who was that player? Can you give the listeners a little bit of a preview of that player? Yes. So that player is, uh, Killian Tilly out of Gonzaga, uh, floor spacing, big man, nice little second round steal. He's, he's going to fall to the second round because he has had, uh, he has had injury issues throughout his four-year career at Gonzaga, so um, a lot of little nagging things, and then I think there was one somewhat major surgery in there, so that's going to uh, that's going to hamper where he can go in the draft. And yeah, his athleticism is a little limited, but he's got actually he's kind of got some nice little moves. He's got uh, he can post up a little bit. He's got really nice touch on floaters in the paint. So and he's coming from Gonzaga, where all those guys are those those guys generally turn out to be pretty smart pros so something you can appreciate okay so yeah so project spurs listeners again if you're looking toward the draft uh ben's continue to keep you all updated make sure you check out his work over in project spurs uh thank you again to mike because he's gonna have to be the he's the guy who does all the editing and mixing for us uh, after these episodes uh, get recorded uh and then also you know just from all of our our team here at project spurs again those like i said last you can stay safe out there and take care